You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. You know, one of the great things about entering into a new year, many of us get excited. You can, you know, even weeks ago, you begin to see a lot of people uh, saying things about being, being able to, and being ready to, to bid farewell to 2020, right? Uh, you know, just been, it's been some kind of year, just one of the craziest years, I guess, since I've been alive. Uh, but people are just ready to bid goodbye. And, you know, so this time of year, we think a lot about having a new start, a new beginning. But really, I want to take the time to encourage you to, that there is an opportunity for a new start and a new beginning, making changes. But the great thing is, is it doesn't just have to be on a yearly basis, as we're going to just see in a moment. Now, I don't know where you are in your life, but maybe you are in a place in your life where you need a drastic change. I mean, you just need something, some serious, major things to change in your life. Or maybe you're just in a place to where there's just kind of some recalibration, to where you've kind of got off a little bit, to where you need to get dialed back in, get on the right path, get on the right uh, uh, road again. One of the great things about our God, folks, is our God is a God of new beginnings. I love the fact that our God is a God of, uh, let me turn this thing on, sorry, there we go, ah, don't know what happened. Anyway, our God is a God of second chances. I mean, if you think about it, going from the very beginning, he put Adam and Eve in a perfect environment, blessed them in the Garden of Eden. But what happened? They failed God. And right away, God gave them a second chance. He gave them another opportunity. And it's the same with us today. You can see it over and over again. Think about Moses and the children of Israel. Uh, think about Jonah, for instance. He, the, the image that I just put up there, he's a prophet that God gave the opportunity to serve him. But what did he do? He took off in the other direction. He went the opposite way that God told him. But God gave him a second chance over and over again. And, you know, really, we use the term that God's a God of second chances. But in all reality, God is a God of many chances. Because if he was only a God of second chances, how many of you would have already used up that second chance? <laughs> I'd have been done a long time ago, friend. I mean, he's having to give me many chances. And so he's the God of a second chance so that we can have a new start. You think about this. I, I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this message as we're thinking about going into a new year, isn't it cool the way God has allowed time to be divided up? You know, we go from year to year, and every year, many of us start thinking about changes and resolutions and so forth. But it's not just a year. Those years are divided into seasons, and those seasons are divided up into months. And those months are divided up into weeks, and those weeks into days, and those days into hours. And what we have continually is an opportunity for something new. We have an opportunity for a brand new start. Now, I, I was hesitant to share this with you, but I look and I find inspiration in almost every aspect of life. I love just I, when I watch something, when, I, when I'm learning something new, I always try to think of ways to apply that to my life, to apply it to the Christian life. It doesn't matter what realm it is. Now, 
What I was reluctant to share with you is not that part, but how that sometimes I find inspiration in some unusual places. Now, I have reluctantly seen Gone with the Wind a number of times. I say reluctantly. And, uh, but at the end of that movie, uh, there, the, the closing line of that movie, or that book by Margaret Mitchell, uh, after Scarlett O'Hara has lost everything. Man, I feel like I'm in trouble here. But what she said is, after all, tomorrow is another day. Now, I, ju- I know that my man card's been revoked right now, okay, by sharing that bit of information with you. But what I do got to tell you is that I kid you not, for years now, I can't tell you how many days, quit laughing at me, Murray, I can't tell you how many days when I'm getting ready to go to bed at night, anybody else do this? I start getting ready to go to bed at night, and I start thinking about, man, you didn't get this done. You didn't accomplish this. You dropped the ball big time in this area. Anybody else? But you know what I tell myself? And I try to say it in her voice, too. No, I don't, Murray. I promise. Uh, I say, you know what? Tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's another day. And so what I'm just trying to say is it's cool that God has allowed us to go into a place to where we have uh, a dividing of time, where we have fresh opportunities to start. Okay? So today, maybe you're seeking a new start. In Luke chapter 19 today, I want to introduce you to a man by the name of Zacchaeus who was trying to make a new start. He was seeking a new start. Luke chapter number 19, and I want to begin reading in verse number 1 of Luke 19. The Bible says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not for the press, which is just to say he was surrounded by so many people, because he was of little stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was, uh, he was to pass that way. And when Jesus was come to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus. Make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to thy house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham. Then verse number 10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Zacchaeus is an interesting figure and character in the Word of God. Zacchaeus' name actually means righteous one. Righteous one. But this man failed to live up to his name. He was a chief among the publicans. The publicans were a group of tax collectors. Now, as if tax collectors already, as you can imagine, aren't popular anyway... 
These tax collectors actually collected taxes for the Roman government, the Roman Empire. And they would exact uh, unfair taxes on the people that they had conquered. The, the children of Israel were no different. These Jews that lived in this land, the Roman government would charge them a tax and then they, what a publican was, a publican was a Jewish person who took the opportunity to work for the Roman government going and now taking taxes from his own people to give to this corrupt and evil government. And if it wasn't bad already, these men were known and they were permitted by the Roman government to take extra. If the Roman government wanted 20%, the Roman government was okay. He came and said, you've got to give me 22%. Then he would keep that extra 2% for himself. And that was fine. It was regular practice in these days. So, for one thing, the Jews despised and hated being under the rule of the Romans. They hated paying taxes to these people. They hated all the subjugation that they experienced under this empire. And now this man Zacchaeus was a publican, not only a publican, but he was a chief among the publicans. He was the supervisor, if you will. That's who this man was. It's interesting, though, when you read this chapter to see the changes Zacchaeus experienced that day, all because a man by the name of Jesus passed by. And if I can just get ahead of myself for just a moment, I want to say something. Folks, when Jesus passes by, there are some changes that take place. Amen. I'm telling you, you're reading the Word of God, and I'm telling you, people's lives are changed when Jesus passes by. And I want to tell you something today. I remember also years ago, one day when Jesus passed by my way, and the good news is, Jesus is still passing by today. Jesus is still given the opportunity for change. He's still giving the opportunity for a personal relationship to be restored between you and God. Zacchaeus is just another in the long list of people that the Bible records that Jesus reached out to, that Jesus loved, who were outcasts. They were people that were despised. They were people that were rejected. But Jesus showed His love and His grace toward these people anyway. In these verses, Luke 19, verses 1 through 10 that we read, the Bible says there that Jesus passed through Jericho. Now, one thing I want to say with this is Jesus passing through means opportunity. And I want to tell you that one of the great things about our God is that He provides an opportunity for you and for me. You say, an opportunity for what? For whatever it is that you may need. See, not too many people would have known Zacchaeus' need in this day and time, but Jesus did. And Jesus was coming through this town, and yes, He was coming through that town and giving the opportunity for many. But He was giving the opportunity for this man, Zacchaeus. The Bible says he was coming through Jericho. If you study your Bible, you'll find out that Jericho was a cursed city. So this was a wicked man living in a cursed place. You know, there's many people today that are living lives that are either outcasts, rejects, or maybe just our general have failed. Now, in one sense, Zacchaeus was a success. But in another sense, he was a great failure because people hated his guts. 
And they didn't hate his guts for no good reason. They hated his guts because he was such a, a greasy character. But Jesus loved this man. And the Bible says, Behold, there was a man. As we go through these verses again, just verse by verse, Behold, there was a man. Because we learn some things as we go through this. I like what the Bible says there. There was a man. There was an individual. And that's one of the great things, you know. Sometimes people, if they're not careful, they can get focused on the numbers. And I've said it here before. Man, I love the fact that God has blessed this church. And I love the fact that this is a growing church. And I, and I love the fact that our numbers are increasing. But there's a reason why we don't miss the point. The point is each one of those numbers represents a person, an individual, a life, a person for whom Jesus died. The Bible says there was a man in this town. There was an individual in this town uh, named Zacchaeus. He was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. See, Zacchaeus chose an ambitious path. He did what he had to do to obtain wealth and position, even selling out and then robbing his own people. He worked for Rome's agenda, and it seemed from a worldly perspective, that he had it all. But one of the things that Zacchaeus discovered is what so many other people discovered, that though Zacchaeus attained, no doubt, what he had been looking for, he wanted position, he wanted power, he wanted wealth. And guess what? He got all three. But he found what so many other people find, that you can seek the things of this world and you'll find out that they still just don't quite fit. They don't quite feel. You throw these things into a void and though everything on the outside seems okay, deep down inside there's just a recess there that these external things just cannot satisfy. He was missing something. And I'll, I'll go on to be more specific. He wasn't just missing something. He was missing someone. He was missing someone. See, the Bible says he, had, he was of great riches. But it goes on to say in verse 3, And he sought to see Jesus who he was. You see, God put a, a, a divine curiosity in this man's heart. That word salt right there means desire, endeavor, or to inquire. Maybe at first he was just a little curious to see Jesus, who he was. I mean, he had questions. And that's how, that's what Zacchaeus, at first, he just had questions. He just wondered, wait, what's all this crowd about? Maybe he had heard some of him and heard about this man that was changing people's lives. And he sees this crowd coming uh, into town, and he thinks, man, I've got to see this Jesus. I've got to see him. He was drawn there. And aren't you glad for the drawing of God? You know, years ago, I, if you would have asked me, the Lord saved me in 1992, but if you would have asked me back in 1992 about my salvation, I would tell you, in briefly as I often do, well, I heard the gospel at a funeral. I heard, about, I heard the gospel at a funeral. 
the Lord got a hold of my heart at that funeral. Uh, some weeks later, while at home, uh, I began to read the Gospel of John, and God showed me even more clearly, revealed to my heart that I needed Him. I, I, I turned to Him. I, I asked Him to be my Savior, and He saved my soul. But the longer I've been saved, the more I realize, man, God was kind of working on my heart a long time before that. I start thinking about some other little instances in life that led me to the point to where I'd be willing to go to this funeral, to where I'd be willing perhaps to, to hear this message. In other words, Zacchaeus to him, this day started out like any other day. But now Jesus is coming to town and he's got this curiosity. And aren't you glad for a curiosity or whatever it may be that helped bring you to Jesus? I'm sitting here preaching to some of you, and I, and I remember some of your stories, and I know some of you came to the place where Jesus was passing by because to get a family member off your back, right? Uh, that's maybe why you first came to the place where you could hear about Jesus. But I dare say there was something already within you that God was working on, whether you realize it or not, that helped you realize and had you in the place where you could hear this message to be saved. I can't help but think of, of, of the testimonies and thank the Lord God's blessed us with this building and, uh, you know, such a blessing and I appreciate all the work that folks have, uh, that we're continually putting into the building and so forth. But I think about us going back and, you know, it's, 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 it's great to go back and think about those first days in the storefront, isn't it? They're in the strip mall. And many of you weren't there, but, but, but many of you were. And it's so cool, though, to hear the testimonies of people. Because it reminds me of Zacchaeus a little bit. Because they were curious. They saw something happening and they said, we want to go check this out. But what happened with some people is they came and they said, oh, it's in there? I can remember and she wouldn't mind me sharing. I've asked her if I could before and she's probably watching uh, right now. But, uh, but Miss Tony. She said that she was curious and she had met somebody or something, I believe, so she thought about coming to the church, but she saw where it was at. It's in the old consignment shop. I'm not going to go to church in the old consignment shop. But she said, you know what, maybe I'll just, I'll do it anyway. I'm, I'm going to go just check it out. And you know what ended up happening? Curiosity led her to the place because deep down inside she knew something was missing. And during the course of weeks, Miss Tony began to realize her need for a Savior and ended up getting saved, amen, in that storefront. I can, remember, uh, I can remember another couple. I won't share their names, but another couple that the wife came and was so excited about the church, even though it was just in this little strip mall, and so excited about the church. But she had two problems with her husband. One of them was the start that we had Baptist on the sign. And what a lot of people don't realize is what Baptist just really means is that we preach the Bible, amen? We believe and practice the Bible. But we live in a place to where it has some bad connotations uh, and so forth for whatever reason with many people. And some of those reasons, uh, there's Baptists that have earned that, I suppose. But that was one problem. So she had to tell him that it was a Baptist church because that was pretty obvious. But she went back and she told him, you got to come to this church, you got to come to this church. But the, reason, the one thing she did not tell him was, it's a Baptist church in a strip mall. <laughs> he didn't know that until they pulled up. And by that time, they'd already driven 20, 30 minutes, and so he thought, well, I guess we'll just go in. But he'll even share with you that before the end of that service, he said, man, this is where God wants us to be. Uh, 
And all I'm saying is it just reminds me of that. It reminds me of that curiosity that leads you to maybe do something you wouldn't normally do. And that's what Zacchaeus did. He, he was led to do something he didn't normally do. Now, I want to pause and stress this for a moment. Becoming a part of this church does not make you a Christian, all right? And becoming a part of this church does not mean that you know God or coming to this church. But, praise God, by the grace of God, this is a place we want to tell you about how you can know Jesus. Amen. And how that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus. But that's what Zacchaeus did. He was curious. And it led him to do some things he wouldn't normally do. See, he couldn't get through because of the crowd of people. The Bible says because he was of little stature. And the Bible says he ran before and that's just a little image, but you can get an idea of what it may have looked like with that crowd of people. And Zacchaeus is just a wee little man. He's a little person. And so he's not able to, there's no way he could get through that crowd and get a glimpse of the Lord. He would get lost in there. He's, he's below everybody's shoulders. Uh, so what he does is he begins to run ahead. Now the funny thing about this is this. In the east, it's very unusual for a man to run. We've Discovered this in talking about the prodigal son and how the father ran. It's very unusual for a man to run, especially a wealthy government official. <laughs> Yet, Zacchaeus is doing something he wouldn't normally do. Now, he's running down the street like a little boy because he sees a sycamore tree, and he says, I'm going to climb up in that tree, and when he comes by, I'll be able to catch you, get, a, get a look at him. So there he runs ahead, uh, and uh, oh, my friend, just like a little boy climbing up that tree. And I want to say this about having the change, because that's what we see here again. The idea is about seeking a new start. And if you're, gonna, if you're seeking a new start, there's something you might need to understand. If you really want things to be different in your life, it's going to require a little bit of effort. See, Zacchaeus, the fact that he was curious, the fact that he wanted to see Jesus, the fact that he knew that he needed a change, that was great. But it required some effort. In order to continue to pursue this change, this man had to run, which again was uncouth. It was not a dignified thing to do. This man had to climb a tree. He had to do something. He had to make an effort, folks. Significant change takes effort. So that's another thing we learn about Zacchaeus. There's something else we learn about significant change. Something else we learn about significant change. The Bible says he ran. The Bible says in there in verse number 4, he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And the Bible says, and when Jesus came... To Now these next two words may not seem very significant to you, but I believe they're very significant. And when Jesus came to the place. When Jesus came to the place. See, folks, I believe that our Lord, I don't believe this, I know that our Lord knew that this would be the place. See, now, while Jesus was coming through, I imagine he never even glanced in Zacchaeus' direction. Zacchaeus probably had no idea whatsoever that Jesus even had any clue who he was. Matter of fact, probably because of Zacchaeus' poor choices, 
knowing that basically he had become an enemy of his own people, he probably felt like that there may be a God that knew who he was, but wasn't very happy with who he was. You ever feel like that? There's a God, he knows me, and that may not be a good thing. He knows what I've done, He's, he knows what I've said, he knows how I felt, that's Zacchaeus. But the whole time, Jesus knows Zacchaeus. <laughs> See, not only did Jesus know Zacchaeus, Jesus knew when he came into Jericho that day, he knew that Zacchaeus was going to be curious. He knew that he was, and I want to go back a little bit further than that. He knew about 80 years before or so about where that crowd of people would be. So Jesus allowed a tree to begin to grow right there in the place. He allowed this tree to grow. He allowed this tree to grow. And, and maybe, and, and knowing that Zacchaeus was just a little man, he, he made this tree grow to where it was a good climbing tree. Anybody ever still love a good climbing tree? That's scarier now than it was when I was a kid. But a good climbing tree. I mean, with brand. And the Lord knew that Zacchaeus, just being a little fella, a little person, well, he was going to need a little bit of help to get up in this tree. So no doubt Jesus made sure that this sycamore tree had some low branches on it so he could get up in this tree. You say, preacher, do you see all that in the text? Well, uh, I do. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and no, the Bible doesn't say that, but uh, you mean to tell me that, that the God who created the universe didn't know that, there was, that this was going to be happening? Sure he did. They come to the place. I'm serious. I believe this with all my heart that God made this place for little Zach. <laughs> and I believe that God has a place for you. And I feel like I can tell you with authority today that this is the place today. This is your time. This is your time, your place to where you can make a change. You say, oh, preacher, I'm just here because of this, that, or the other thing. I'm just listening to this message because I just decided to listen to it. But what you don't realize is that God saw you coming a long way off. Just like he saw Zach coming a long way off. And he says, you know what? I'm going to give Zacchaeus the opportunity. I'm going to give him a tree to climb. <laughs> he came to the place. And I'll tell you something else about this. There's another cool thing if you want to think about the tree. If you're going to meet Jesus today, you're still going to have to meet him at the tree. Do you know that? The old rugged cross, amen? That tree. If you're going to know Jesus today, you're still going to have to meet him at the tree. I love this. The Bible says he come across, and as you can imagine back in this, there's Zacchaeus up in the tree, and Jesus looks up there, and he says, and he saw him, and he said unto him, Zacchaeus. He knew his name. And I know these are just small things, but when Jesus calls your name, it's a pretty big deal. Amen. And I'm, one of the great things this illustrates is one of the, the keys of the entire Bible and that is this, that God wants to restore you to Him with a personal relationship. It's not just about religion. It's not about works and deeds and, and things that you can accomplish and, and boxes you can check off to hopefully appease some God in heaven. Oh, no, no, no. He calls you by name. 
He calls you by name because He loves you. He wants you in a right relationship with Him. That's, where, that's what Christianity is really all about. So today, if you do not know Christ as Savior, I want you to listen. Because I believe that He'll call your name. Amen? I believe it's your time. I believe He's given you an, an opportunity today. He's passing by. And Zacchaeus didn't know this was going to be a major thing. But folks, he ended up meet, meet, meeting the Savior that day. There's some other good advice about making a change. Number one, you've got to make an effort. Number two, you need to come to Jesus. There's, there's way too many people that I talk to, and they want to make a change. And I say, well, you know what? Man, we'd come down to church or have a Bible study with me or something. I would love to just, but well, no, 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 no. I've got to change some things first. I've got to fix some things, and then I'll come. That's the wrong attitude. You don't fix some things and then come. You come and say, Lord, help me do some fixing. Amen? So it's going to take some effort, but what you need to realize is that Jesus is the only one that can really help you. Because you, in order to really make a significant change, it's going to take effort. But number two, it's going to take something from something beyond you. Someone beyond you. It's going to pay, take a power. It's going to take a strength that's beyond what you're able to do. Otherwise, you're just going to wind up in the same place again. He says, make haste. Don't wait. Don't put it off. At this moment, Jesus was passing by Zacchaeus' way. See, if he's going to make a change, you don't need to wait. Somebody says, well, January 1st. You know? And uh, so, so, some of our New Year's resolutions, man, they go out pretty quick, don't they? But that doesn't mean you quit trying. I'll tell you that too, by the way. But make a change now. Say, Lord, help me to make a change right now. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. He's right here. Don't wait. Don't wait. Jesus said, make haste. Hurry up. Don't wait. Don't put it off. I'm telling you, there's been way too many people that have had the opportunity to make a significant change in their life. Whether that change is trusting Christ as Savior or whether that change is, is, is drawing closer to God, getting rid of some weight or sin that they have in the, their Christian life, something they need to do to be a better husband or wife. Maybe it's a financial decision that they need to make, whatever it may be. Make haste. It's time to make it. Quit putting it off. Quit saying next week. The Bible says, Jesus said, make haste, and here's what he did. He wanted to make a significant change. He did just that. The Bible says, and he made haste. <laughs> he did what Jesus said, and he came down, and, and, and Jesus said, and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Now, one of the, I don't care who you are. We know that there are some people that hate change. They can't stand change. I mean, they've had the same haircut for, you know, 50 years or something. They hate change. Uh, but there's others of us, we may be okay changing some things, but ultimately we can kind of dread making changes. Like, man, this is going to be so hard. I'm really going to miss this or that. Whatever, but what you'll find out, folks, another principle, if you want to make a change, 
If you want to make a significant change, it takes an effort. It takes coming to Jesus. It takes also understanding that it's going to be better. Amen? He received him joyfully. I'm telling you, the change that God makes, wants, wants to make in your life, you will not regret it. And I can tell you for sure, I can tell you 100% sure, if you don't know Christ as Savior, if you come to Him today, you will not regret it. He received Him joyfully. But now notice this. You want to make a significant change? The Bible says, and when they saw it, that crowd that was around, they all murmured. They murmured. Uh, murmuring is a low sound continued or continually repeated as that of a stream running in a stony channel or that of a flame. They murmured, saying that he was going to be the guest of a man that is a sinner. I want to give you a couple challenges to making a significant change that we see here. Number one, discouragement. Have you ever perhaps gone to a loved one and said, Hey, guess what? This is going to change. And they're like, okay, heard that before. Or maybe you've had somebody tell you, you're never going to change. You're not going to change. And by the way, you know what's a bad thing? There's way too many Christians that say that about unsaved people. They're never going to change. Hey, they meet Jesus, they'll change. Jesus is able. But, so, but you got to be, be ready. Not everybody's going to be excited when you say that you're going to be, that you're going to change. There was discouragement, but I'll tell you what, you've got to also watch out for doubt. See, one thing you've got to determine right now, that you cannot be detoured by those who refuse to forget your past. See, Zacchaeus was making a change, man. He was walking with Jesus. He had invited Jesus to his house. But you want to know something? There were still those who said, well, we know who you are. And by the way, may I just say, of course they do. You know, there's nothing. I mean, it's, it's human nature to remember what kind of jerk Zacchaeus was. And that's what they did. But I want to tell you right now, you can't be detoured by people who forget your past, who, who refuse to forget your past. Uh, <laughs> I remember even, even the moment that I got saved, I remember one of, the first, one of the very first things I did within, probably within eight hours of me accepting Christ as my Savior, I called up some of my buddies. My buddies that we would drink and drug and party and all kinds of things together. And there was something I realized and understood right away. I understood that since I had repented of that life, I knew that I didn't need to be hanging around with them. Now, I wasn't cutting them off. I wanted to win them to Christ, but I just called them up and said, Guys, I got saved last night. And I said, I'm not going to be coming around for a while because I don't want to get drugged down into things I was doing before. So, uh, but when I called my friends and I told them, Man, I got saved. Well, it was funny because I called one friend, and before I could even call the next one, that one had already called him. And so the other friends I began to call and tell that I got saved, they were calling one another, and literally, because of some of the drugs I was doing, some of them thought I lost my mind. So there was an argument between them. Jesse's lost it, man. He's lost it. Because last night he was one way, 
And now here he is talking all this God stuff today. And then for those that later became convinced, you know what they said? They said, we'll give him two weeks. We'll give him two weeks. He'll be back. He'll be back to the same old Jesse again. And you know, by God's grace, that's been 20-something years ago. To the glory of God. But what I'm saying is, you can't be detoured by those who refuse to forget your past. You can't be detoured by people who don't believe in you. Uh, you can't be detoured by people who do not believe you can change. I want to say this also. If you can, if you can see yourself through Jesus' eyes, you'll know that He's able. Because I want to say this. You know one of the worst voices about you, the possibility of you changing? It doesn't come from the outside. It comes from the inside. You ever experienced that? There's that soft murmur on the inside that says, Really? You're going to change? You're going to be different? Who are you fooling? You may be fooling some other people, but you know you're not really going to change. See, that's one of the greatest voices you've got to ignore and overcome is that murmur from within. Now, I want to say quickly here as we close out these verses, the Bible says in verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood. See, if you're going to start brand new, if you're going to start a new chapter in your life, you're going to have to firmly plant your feet and faithfully fix your eyes. Because instead of looking at what those people were saying, he looked at the Lord. He thought about the Lord. He says, he said, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. So he ignored the voices from without, he ignored the voices from within, and he was willing to make the change. I'll say this very quickly. If you want to make a change, I've got to ask you, what are your goals? What are your goals? And I think wise goal, wise goal setting has two different components. And there's a lot to say about this, and I'm not going to spend much time. But I believe there's a good stretch goal. I believe you should have a goal that's audacious. I believe you've you got to have a goal that's so big that, that only God could make it happen. Now, that's your stretch goal. But I also believe you need to have smart goals that make up that ultimate stretch goal. So this is my ultimate goal. It's audacious. Now, what's something today I can do to help me accomplish that particular goal? What can I do on a daily basis, these, these baby steps, these step-by-step step, that's going to help me accomplish that? We have a stretch goal, we have smart goals. So you've got to have a goal, you've got to have a plan. Zacchaeus had a plan. He said, this is what I'm going to do. And let me tell you something here quickly also. Be patient. Don't be discouraged by the naysayers and doubters. And let me tell you something else. Give some grace to the naysayers and doubters. Have we not given people reason not to believe in us? We have. So we don't need to get all upset when we tell somebody we're changing and them say, okay, we'll see. We need to just be determined and say, you know what, that's fine. How do you think these people felt? How do you think these people felt when they saw Zacchaeus coming knocking on their door? They didn't say, honey, put the coffee on. Zacchaeus is here. We're going to have a, a good, good little visit with him. No, they thought, oh, but they dare not open the door because he represented Caesar. They thought he's there for more money. 
He opens up the door, and he's got a big smile on his face. You know they want to smack that smile off his face. Quit grinning. We, you've already got enough of our money, and you're grinning about it? No, 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 no. I've not come to take your money. I've got to be really honest with you. I've taken money from you that I shouldn't have taken. Here you go. I took 100 bucks from you, so here's 400 I mean, that's what he was doing. And so, but you got to understand, when Zacchaeus showed up, people weren't like, woohoo. It took a while before people started seeing and recognizing the change that was in Zacchaeus' life. One of the big things that we see about making a significant change is this. Zacchaeus backed up his talk with his action. Be careful. I like to talk if you haven't figured that out. But I need to make sure that I ain't doing a whole lot of talking and, 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 and I'm not doing the living. I need to understand. I was like, you know what? I'm going to shut up about all I'm going to do and I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. See, what if Zacchaeus would have just gone around trying to convince everybody, no, no, I've really changed. I've really changed. Believe me, believe me, believe me. He didn't do that. He said, oh, you know, no, I'm not going to tell you I've changed. Here, I'm showing you. Here's the proof. I, I, I'm selling half of what I've got. I'm giving it to the poor. The poor wasn't excited to see him coming either. Till he left and all of a sudden they, 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 they had a year's worth of living by the time he was gone. All I'm just simply trying to say is this, that you, you, we need to be patient with people. You need to do more action than you do talking. And then lastly, a cool principle about make, wanting to make a significant change is this. Zacchaeus thought that he was seeking Jesus. But I want you to know something. If you're seeking to make a change today, Jesus is seeking you. See, Zacchaeus thought, oh, I'm going to go, go see the Lord. But the Lord was looking for him. And that's where we get this great, great, great verse in verse number 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. See, he's not just seeking. He is seeking and saving. He is making the change. Amen? 